This week we're learning Chelek Tezvav Vesicha on Hanukkah on page 366. In the Nusach of Aner we find three different expressions. What's very interesting about these three different expressions is that in the beginning of Aner Salalu, it's put in one order, and in the end, it's put in another order. So in the beginning of Aner Salalu, it says, We light Taner Salalu Anu Adlikim al Hachuais v'al Hanisim v'al Haniflais. However, in the end of an Erzlalu, we say the same three, but in a different order. And the question is why? Why do we change the order? I mean, it's the same three categories. So to understand that, we first need to analyze what do these, what are the individual meanings of each of these three? In the broader category, they're all the idea of miracles. But how do we differentiate between Teshuais, Nisim, and Niflais. So, what's a Yeshua? Yeshua means that you have a salvation from Hashem. Salvation means that you could you could be successful naturally. However, you recognize that Hashem helped you um, and enabled you to win. For example, two opponents that are in a fight and they're both of equal um, strength and Sometimes one wins, sometimes the other wins. So it's not guaranteed that one will win. They, you know, they have an equal chance. So the salvation, the Yeshua of Hashem is that you should, you should be the one to win. Now, is it an open miracle? No, because naturally one person wins sometimes, the other person wins in the, the other time. So a Yeshua kind of is a miracle or a help, a salvation from Hashem that comes, um, that could be a natural thing, but one recognizes that Hashem gave you that edge to be successful. Aness, on the other hand, is a miracle. It's supernatural. It breaks the natural order of things, and we would call it an open miracle. Niflais, on the other hand, is a wonder, meaning to say that if you stop to think for a second and you realize all these events that had to happen, that you walked on the street at this moment and met that person, which led to that thing and led to that thing, and you stop to wonder and you say, one minute, who orchestrated all those different the, all those different events to happen? And they should all coincide and happen at the same time. So if you start to wonder, you realize there's a Pella. There's a wonder here. Something supernatural was happening. Now it kind of got, you know, disguised through natural events that you happen to go there for whatever reason and you happen to meet that person who happened to also be there for whatever reason and is never usually there. Now, that day he had to go for, for a reason. So again, it's all a bunch of natural occurrences, but when you stop to think about it, you realize, Pella, this is a wonder. And a good example the Rebbe brings is the Alter Rebbe. The Alter Rebbe says that when he was freed on Yitzhak Kislev, he flee lasses. He says, Pella, now, obviously, the Altarabbah wasn't, you know, miraculously, uh, hand didn't come and break through the walls of prison and pull the Altarabbah supernaturally out. There was Ishtadlos, there was people who worked on it, there was different things, different ministers that were worked on and through different means that the Altarabbah got out. But if you put all the different things together, the Altarabbah says, Hifli, this was a Pella, so it was a miracle. So a, a Yeshua would be a natural event that one recognizes that Hashem, you know, helped out, siyata deshmaya, that everything worked out. I mean, the person put in all the legwork, all the natural means were there, and Hashem gave that Yeshua to be successful. And this would be an open miracle. 
and Niflois would be a wonder, meaning to say that when you think about it, you start to recognize there's something that's beyond the surface. There's something beneath there. There's a hand that orchestrated all these different Ashkaka practices to happen that enabled you to experience whatever you experienced or whatever needed to happen to happen. So, if we think about this in this way, we can now begin to understand the answer of our question. In the beginning of Anaris Halalu, we're talking about what happened then. Historically, what what was the order of miracles that happened by Yamim Hahim in those days? And if we think about it, the first event that happened in the Hanukkah miracle is in the little town of Modin, where Matasyon and his children um, were witnessing that the Yavanim wanted to bring a Davaracher, a Chazer, to be sacrificed as a carbon in the town square. And they stood up and fought and stopped it. Now, obviously, there weren't many soldiers there. So we can't call that a supernatural victory. They were probably on even footing. Um, the Ivanim, you know, maybe they weren't naturally trained as soldiers, but they may have been a number of people and who are strong. And there was a small group of soldiers. So what we call that would be so the first event in the Hanukkah miracle was a chua. Hashem helped them and enabled them to be successful in stopping the Yavanim from sacrificing this Dovrachar in the Times Square of Modin. Then we move on that the Antiochus then sent in a massive army and the hidden were greatly outnumbered. It was Rab and Biad Me'atim, the many in the hands of the few. That is Nisecha. So the second thing we mentioned in the beginning of Anaris Halalu, which happened and was experienced by Avlisenu, by Yom HaMahim in that day, in those days, was first Teshuas in the town of Modin with Matasyo and his children stopping the Dabarach or the Chazar from being sacrificed. Then they moved on to an open miracle. And then lastly, when they finally got into the base of Migdash and they wanted to, they wanted to light the Menorah, there was no oil. All the oils were defiled. They finally found one little jug. Now one can say, oh, the Yavana missed it. They missed it. It's not a. It's not a miracle. They happened to miss it. However, if you think about it, imagine there was a thousand jugs and nine hundred ninety-nine. Every single one was defiled and impure, and there was one left. So you think about it. That's a pella. That's a wonder, and you start to recognize that it was a miracle of Hashem that Hashem enabled that there should be one remaining jug that's able to be used. So, in the beginning of the Nir Salolu, we're talking about what our Avaisenu experienced in those days. And the order in those days was first Shua's first salvation, that Hashem helped them be successful to stop the Greeks um, from bringing that Davar on the altar in the city of Medin. Then we have the open miracle of the military victory. And then we have um, the Pella, the wonder that there was one jug that was left pure with the seal of the Kain Gadol. However, we get to the end of Aneris Alalu. Now we start to talk about what this, what all these miracles of Hanukkah should bring out by us, the feelings that we should experience. And in that, we go in a different order. When it comes to how we express our thanks to Hashem, to thank to Hashem's great name, then we say, first Nisachal, then Niflaisachal, and then Yishuaisachal. And the Rebbe explains this on two different levels. On a very simple level, the first thing that a Yid acknowledges that is the Yad Hashem is an open miracle. An open miracle, everyone acknowledges. Acknowledges. It's the easiest thing to acknowledge the hand of Hashem. There's no arguing. When a supernatural event happens, a ness happens in one's life, an open miracle, everyone's humbled and grateful and thankful to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. 
But then, once a Yid passes that level, and thanks Hashem for the open miracles in their lives, al-Nisecha, then they reach Nifla Isecha. Nifla Isecha is something that requires a little bit more work, a little bit more meditation, a little bit of Hizbaninus to think about. One minute, this seemed to be natural. But one minute, look what had to happen for this natural event to happen. Look at all the different pieces that had to come together at the exact same moment. And when one thinks about it, they reach again, thanking Hashem. So when a Yid, so for the first one, Nisecha, you don't need to work on it. It's just in front of your eyes, an open miracle. Al Nifleisecha, one needs to dig a little deeper. One needs to work on themselves, think about it, but then, once one gets to thank Hashem for Nifleisecha, then finally one says, and re- realizes and recognizes that to thank Hashem, even for Yeshua meaning to say that even the natural things that happen in our lives, we start to realize and recognize that Hashem that Hashem leads us to everywhere. As it says, La Hashem HaYeshua, salvation comes from Hashem. In every detail, in every moment of our lives, even those that seem to be natural are really directed and organized and orchestrated by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So on a very simple level, why in the end of an Eresolala we go in that order is because that's the order of how a Yid recognizes the Yad Hashem in their lives. First, one recognizes the Nisim, the open miracles. Then one realizes the wonders, the Pella, the things that if one stops for a moment and thinks about them, one recognizes the miracle of Hashem. And then finally, one realizes the daily miracles, the everyday things that seem to be natural. And one realizes that they come from Hashem. But then the Rebbe goes even one step deeper. And the Rebbe explains like this, that the truth and reality of a Yid is that Teva, a Yid, is really supernatural. The way a Yid, the way a Yid operates in this world is in a supernatural order. However, for whatever reason, Hashem created that that supernatural order is disguised and concealed in nature. The Gemara says, the, the Talmud Yerushalmi says, Maimin Bechayelamim Vizayreya. A Yid believes in the Eberster, and therefore the Yid plants. A Yid doesn't plant because he knows that when you plant, naturally things are going to grow. The reason a Yid plants is because they believe in Hashem. Because a Yid recognizes that the way Hashem, the way a Yid operates, is on a completely supernatural level. However, sometimes that supernatural level is concealed within nature. And what this basically leads us to understand, it's explained in Hasidus that the higher the source, the lower it can come down. Think about the mountain that falls down, the, the rock that was the highest, that's the one that falls the lowest. Meaning to say the lowest things in this world the lowest ideas and dimensions in this world are really sourced in very, very, very high, which really completely transforms what we think about on first glance. At first glance, one would think an open miracle, that's the great, that's tapping into the ultimate, something that's beyond our realm. But the truth is, an open miracle is a limited miracle in a certain sense, because it's limited to something that needs to be revealed. It cannot come in a concealed way. So a nest which is higher than Teva is limited, shall we call it in 
use the Chassidus term, giluyim, to a level of revelation. The only way that miracle can actually come into our world is when it smashes the world. It cannot coexist with the world. It has to either smash through the world and break through nature, or it cannot or it cannot happen. So a nest that's higher than nature, an, an open miracle we call al-nitzachal, that is a miracle that needs to break the world in order for the miracle to happen. The next miracle is one that comes within nature. However, at the end of the day, there is a revelation about it. Nifle secha, pella, it's a wonder. So at first glance, one doesn't necessarily see the open miracle, but with a little bit of thinking, one realizes that all these different details that have to come together, it's really the Yad Hashem, it's really a miracle. So, so that level of miracle is not a level of revelation, it's not openly revealed, but with a little digging and probing, one can come to recognize the revelation. So that level as well, it's not limited to revelation, but it's connected to a level that's connected with revelation. But the true, true essence of Hashem is not limited by anything and can even operate within the limitations of the world. That's a contradiction. That means within the natural order that Hashem made, that things have to operate, that seem that seemingly things need to operate in a set order, Hashem can break that within the natural order. So Hashem can create, so a nest that's enclosed in nature is actually the highest type of miracle because that's a miracle that can come from the essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, a miracle that can come from the highest place and therefore it can come, it can be an amazing miracle but it's completely disguised with the nature. It doesn't need to break nature because it comes from the essence of Hashem which is beyond any limitations. So therefore, when we think about it in this way, on a deeper level, the order of the end of the Alanism is actually going, shall we call it, from from lowest to highest. The first thing we thank Hashem is for Al-Nisecha, for the miracles that break through nature. We then thank Hashem for the miracles that don't necessarily break through nature, but they kind of are connected with that idea of breaking nature, that we, we wonder, we see the wonder of Hashem. And then we finally come, to your great name, to the essence of Hashem, to the miracles that really, really tap into the very essence of Hashem. And those are Yeshua Sechel. Those are the miracles that can coexist within nature. They don't need to break nature. And the reason that they're able to operate within nature and be the greatest of miracles is because they come from the essence, from the Atzmos, from the essence of Hashem. So that's why towards the end of Alanism we go in that order. So again, on a simple level, so let's just resummarize this whole idea. So in the beginning of the Alan in the beginning of Haner's Halalu, the reason we go in that order of Chuis, Nisim, and Iflais is because that's what happened first. So first there were salvations in the town of Medin, then we had great miracles, um, the many in the hands of the few. And then finally, we had the wonder of finding that one jug of oil that wasn't defiled. In the end of Alanism, however, we talk about our thanksgiving to Hashem. So on a simple level, the easiest ones to acknowledge the open miracles in our lives because it's easy to see the Yad Hashem and to thank Hashem. Then we thank Hashem for the ones that require a little bit of thinking, which are the Pellas, the wonders. And then when one really, really digs deeper, one sees that even nature is really coming from Hashem and, and thanks Hashem even for that. But on a deeper level, it's going on an order of like kind of lowest to highest. And the miracles that come from kind of a limited source are the open miracles and they have to operate when they smash nature. Then there's the ones that don't necessarily, that break the nature, but they're connected with something that 
you know, kind of brings a wonder into nature. It's not the natural way things generally operate. And that's why when we stop to think about it, we realize how Hashem had to orchestrate and make these miracles for all these details to come in the right place at the right time. And then finally, one realizes to thank Hashem for the miracles that are so great, that so that tap into the very essence of Hashem, and they can operate even within nature. Thank you so much for listening. Have a Freilich and Hanukkah.